0: Welcome to Trevecca Community Church's Sermon Podcast Series. Each week, we'll be streaming our sermon from within the sanctuary just for you.
1: This week, Pastor Shauna concludes our current sermon series, God Questions.
0: Before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousand rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O oh mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? to act justly, and to love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. This is the word of the Lord. Amen and amen. Oh my goodness. Don't you love it when there is a choir song that basically just sings the scripture? Oh my goodness. That was powerful choir. Thank you for leading us in worship today. <sighs> In fact, I just, I want to keep going back to those words. Um, what, what a good and powerful thing in the Father's house. Love is breaking through. You know, it's quite important, the songs that we sing, because when all is said and done, you head out to lunch on a Sunday, you don't go home singing the sermon, right? <laughs> hey, I know my place, friends. <laughs> like, you go home singing those words, and what good words to have on your heart, Thanks so much, Lauren, for reading the passage of scripture for us today. There's a story that I want to tell you that one Bible commentator, Walter Brueggemann, uses to tell, to describe a little bit what's happening in that passage that Lauren just read. It's a story that some of you may have heard before. It's about a woman who goes into a tea shop one day. She goes into a tea shop looking to have a restful afternoon. She brings her newspaper with her, and in her purse, she's got a package of her favorite cookies that she wants to have with her tea. And, and so she gets settled in. It's a busy day at the tea shop. She finds a table for two. She takes one of the seats, gets her newspaper out, and orders her tea. But because it's such a busy day in the tea shop, there's another man who walks in and doesn't have a place to sit. So he sits in the other chair of the table that she's at in the tea shop. Well, the woman doesn't love this. She'd rather have some personal space, but she doesn't say anything. She goes on reading her paper. Finally, her tea arrives. And when her tea arrives, she reaches out and she grabs one of the cookies that is in the packet she brought and she dunks it in her tea and begins to enjoy it. The man at the table also has just gotten his tea. He reaches out and grabs a cookie in the packet, dips it in his tea and eats it. The woman is trying to pretend like she didn't just see this. So she kind of goes back to her newspaper and hoping that he's going to understand a little social distancing that we've all learned the last 18 months. And she takes another cookie and she dips it in her tea and she eats it. The man reaches out and takes another cookie and dips it in his tea and eats it. I mean, the woman is like on edge at this point, about to come out of her skin. Who does he think he is? She never invited him to share this cookie package with her. Finally, the last straw, the man sees that there is one more cookie left in the box. He reaches out, takes the cookie, breaks it in half, and offers her half. She is so enraged at his rudeness and arrogance, she grabs up her newspaper, stuffs it in her purse, pays her bill for the tea, and rushes out of the tea shop. All the while thinking, Who is he to take my cookies and then offer me half of my cookie? Who is he? Well, she gets to the bus stop, to the bus that is going to take her home, and she opens up her purse and digs past her newspaper to get out her token for the bus where she discovers her packet of cookies still unopened. So some of you have heard this story before. You knew that that was coming. Oh, my goodness, right? Our God question for this final week in our God question series is a question someone from the congregation posed, how do we live justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God in the world today? This is a question, obviously, from the book of Micah, which Lauren just read for us this morning. This passage from Micah 6, 8, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you To act justly and love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. A little bit of context about Micah. Micah is not a Bible scholar or even a priest, a pastor. He's not a a government leader. He is just really what a, a lot of Bible scholars describe him as a village peasant, He's just an average guy. In fact, probably in terms of like the social structure, he's kind of on the bottom. He really is a no one, no one that ought to be listened to. He is the voice of someone from the bottom of the social ladder. And yet Micah has the courage to speak to the leaders of Israel in his day, leaders who are supposed to be tending to the covenant that Israel has with God, this covenant that God made with the the nation of Israel saying, hey, listen, Israel, uh, I'll be your God, you be my people, we'll be in this relationship, I will make you a nation that is a light to the whole world That's a pretty great covenant, right? That's a pretty good deal. And what does the Lord require of them? Well, not much, but as Micah describes it, at least to act justly and love mercy and walk humbly, right? Like, so so Micah is speaking directly to the leaders that are supposed to be tending to this covenant relationship that they have with Israel. And Micah is saying, excuse me, excuse me, leaders, uh, but you are eating from someone else's cookie box, You you are eating from so, you are taxing people and requiring so much from them to fill up your temples and your synagogues and your palaces, and you don't even notice what you're doing. You are, are not feeding the poor, you're not taking care of the widow and the orphan. And we would really like to know, excuse me, leaders, we'd really like to know where all the cookies have gone. All right? Are you tracking with me? Only Micah has much harsher words to use for them than cookies. (laughs) In fact, at one point in the book of Micah, he talks about these leaders of Israel tearing the flesh off of people's bones. Like this is how unfairly they are treating the people. It's like they're tearing flesh from their bones. Now we've said throughout this series, if you've been tracking with us in this God Questions series, as we've been answering questions that you are asking that the purpose of tackling these questions and asking these questions is not just to give you cool answers, but it is to drive you deeper in relationship with the God who leads us in right paths, right? In every question, we are tending to our relationship with God, and, and, and we see that so much so in this passage today, This business about justice and mercy and humility, it is all about relationships. God has made a covenant with the people of Israel that God would be their God and make them a nation that's a light to the world. And what does God require of them but to live justly and love mercy and walk humbly? I mean, that's all, right? When I say that's all, it feels a little bit like describing parenthood and somebody says, you know, is parenthood hard? Well, no, parenthood's not very hard. All you have to do is rip your heart out of the, your chest and let it walk around in the world, right? That's all. So what does the Lord require of you? Oh, not much. Just to act justly and just love mercy and just walk humbly. I mean, not, that's all, right? I mean, this is, and yet this is such a difficult task for us and it takes the courage of a brave village peasant like micah to point out the fact that they are not doing what god has required of them but the god question that you asked was not pastor shauna could you please explain the historical critical context of the prophet micah right i mean i did a little bit of that because i can't help myself (laughs) But that was not the question that you asked. The question that you asked, you want to know what it looks like today, not just for Micah thousands of years ago. And so as I thought about how to approach this, I thought, man, you know, we've got folks in our congregation who are experts in this stuff, who study biblical and social justice, who work with nonprofits, who contribute so much to the life of the community and to the life of our congregation. And so at first, I thought about reaching out to all of the experts who are way more experts than I am at this stuff. But then I thought, you know, asking that question, what does it look like today, is really more saying, hey, what does it look like for a teacher for a CPA, a musician, a caregiver, a school bus driver. And by the way, after the first week of Metro Schools being open, please Lord, would you call upon men and women to answer the call to be school bus drivers? Oh my goodness. It has been been a week. We might have an altar call for those who feel called to that ministry later today. If this is what God asks of us, to be in right relationship with God and with one another. How do we do that? What does that look like? So I want you to hear some reflections of folks in the congregation who just at the beginning of this week, they might've thought honestly, Pastor Shauna, why are you asking me this? But they've taken time to reflect and pray and they're gonna share their reflections with you on what it looks like to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with our God. And so first, I want to call uh, Sean Mitterholzer, I was afraid I was going to pronounce that wrong, uh, to come in to join us. Hey, Sean, thank you so much uh, for coming and sharing your reflections with us today. You can go ahead and grab that, and it is hot and ready for you. Okay, is that on? Oh, I lied. It's a switch. Got it.
2: Is that on? (laughs) Okay.
0: Hey, so Sean, tell us a little bit, who, who are you, for the folks that have never met you, a little bit about Sean.
2: Okay. Um, I'm Sean Mitterholzer. Um, I am a high school teacher, um, I'm going on my 20th year. I'm a band director, although a lot of people will tell me I don't look like the stereotypical band director. <laughs> I don't know what that looks like, but, um, but that, is my, that is my job. Uh, I'm married to Amy, who's in the back there, with uh, my two children, Addison and Bennett. Addison just started high school and Bennett just started junior high. So I'm having a little bit of a crisis there with mm. my children being, yeah. uh, older now. Um, and some of you might not recognize us because we are notoriously late to everything. And so we're <laughs> usually the ones who sit in the way back. Um, but we do, we do show up. It's just usually late. But, awesome.
0: So. Well. So, Sean, what are some of the things that you've been reflecting on this week? What does it look like for you as a school teacher, band director, to act justly with our God today?
2: All right. So when Pastor Shauna um, asked this question of me, I I think my first reaction was to say, yeah, I'll be more than happy to do that, but I have a question. And that question was, "What, what perspective of justice would you like me to go from. And I think that was the first thing I had to do is really identify when we're talking about justice, what version of justice? Is it a secular version? Is it a Christian version? Um, institutionalized, that kind of stuff. So um, when when I was thinking about that, um, even when we get to the Christian perspective, it was, okay, are we, you know, we we saw people who think justice is still this vengeful eye for an eye kind of thing. Yeah. And so as I was reflecting on that, um, I realized a couple things about this justice thing is one it's not easy, so please don't think that I have it down i've just been reflecting on it. Um, the other thing was in the passage it's it's to do do justice or to act justly so so there is this action involved with it so it is it is a participation of some type of you know, event or or some type of action, and therefore it makes it relational, mm. um, which I I thought as I was thinking about that as like it, it has it can't be a cause and effect, uh, crime and punishment kind of thing. It needs to be a relational activity. So I have some notes um, if you don't mind. Okay. Please do. Um, so as I was thinking about this. Um, what I, what I really got to was, for me, in, in talking with Amy, uh, even my kids, coworkers, and that kind of stuff, when it came down to it, the, the difference for me, from the perspective of uh, Christ-likeness, was that, um, yes, there's still consequences, right, when it comes to justice, but what separates, I think, for me, um, is the fact that there has to be room for forgiveness, um, reconciliation, and redemption. I, I think that to act justly means that I have to allow room for that in whatever is occurring. And again, it doesn't mean that it's easy. doesn't mean that I'm always good at that. Um, but ultimately, that's that's what we have in Christ, yeah. right? I mean, he, he paved that way for us. So So we have to allow that. To not allow that is not to, in my mind, you know, act justly as far as, um, Christ goes. Um, I think empathy is a must. And again, I think that goes, that's the hard part. Um, forgiveness, I think is the hard, well, it's all hard. I mean, it's nothing about it that's easy, but, um, you know, that empathy is, and I know it, especially if wrongs are going against us, right. You know, it's, it's hard to, to, to walk that way. Um, I think the the big one right now that I was thinking about in my world, and then I got three examples. If that. okay. that's okay, I know I'm great. on the clock here, so I'm trying to talk quick because um, I can get talk wordy. But anyways, uh, so the, the the one thing that I wanted to say though is um, I, I think that's currently happening because as a teacher, it happened, especially high school. Um, you know, we have this social justice in um, this generation is very aware of social justice but in speaking truth into untruth and light into dark and, and, and these are all good things. But if we don't do so, I think with the counterparts to this passage, uh, with loving mercy and walking humbly, then we miss the point. Mm-hmm. Then we erase the very truth that we're trying to speak into. Mm-hmm. So I, for me, the, the thing is, is when we're speaking truth, it has to be done with the love and the mercy and the grace nonviolence. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not demeaning or belittling somebody to win our point or to win the truth, because then I think the truth loses out. So my three examples that I have for this, because that is the question, is how do we do this? And and one of them was um, way back uh, when Amy and I were um, in marriage counseling with Steve Hoskins. He asked us, what what is your home going to look like? What is your place? What is your house going to be? You know, is it going to be a a refuge? Is it going to be a sanctuary? And so We made a decision 21 years ago that our our home was going to be a safe place for all. Um, And I think in that there's justice in there, right? So it's for everybody. And so, my example with that is, you know, again, you you mentioned parenting. So, you know, we have all these neighborhood kids running around, and I can remember this vividly. It's a summer, I have my summers off. And um, we have a couple neighbor kids that weren't real nice, right? And so, my two wanted to invite some neighbors in. Right. And my thing was, well, if we're going to invite some and in, we have to invite all, well, that's not fair. And that, so I had to go, well, again, for us to act justly isn't always fair because, again, I'll point to Jesus. Right. I mean, that wasn't fair. Um, and so it was that our house is open. So I ended up with eleven neighborhood kids in my house. Right. You know, so. Then I was thinking, dang, I should have thought that through a little bit better. But, but still, so that's, that's kind of how I put that into motion. Um, teaching for me, I think, I, I, I think anybody that teaches has this opportunity. Um, again, it's not that we don't discipline. It's not that there isn't consequences for actions, but it's to allow those in those moments to have redemption, to have the ability to start over for us to give grace and wrongdoing and that kind of stuff. So, that's throughout my teaching. I see that that coming up quite a bit. And then the last one, it, it was just kind of a reiteration of before. I think I've had lots of conversations with my kids about um, justice in the world, what is fair, what is just. Um, they see things on the news, and why why are people bad? And what do we what do we do with that? And and you know, trying to speak grace, humility, love into all that is. It's hard. I mean, because I, I can remember Bennett when he was five, there's something horrible that happened, and he just could not understand why somebody would do that. And then that instinct for that eye for an eye, right, mm-hmm. you know, and that justice, like, we, we need to do something about that. And, you know, then to go, well, we do, we pray, you know, mm-hmm. we... Uh, anyways, so those that's how it's active for oh, me.
0: Sean, thank you. That is so good. and taken taking away... Justice always partnered with humility and mercy and this idea of leaving open a space for redemption and reconciliation and then just connecting that to what does that look like for a high school teacher who's working with the younger generation and and, and fathering kids along the way. Thank you so much for sharing your reflections. Can we say thanks to Sean? Um, next, I want to invite Lauralee Evereth if she would come and join us and talk a little bit about loving mercy. So, Lauralee, come and join us while I do the, the COVID wipe down here. <laughs> come and share with us. Uh, at first, thank you for being willing to do this. Absolutely. And why don't you just tell us, for those who haven't had the privilege of getting to know you, tell us a little bit about yourself?
3: My name is Hassan. It should yep. be. Y'all can hear me? Yep. Nope there we go. I am actually Reverend Laura Lee Everleth. I'm an ordained elder in the Church of the Nazarene, and I am serving God as a hospital chaplain. And I've had the privilege of serving now three hospitals and a hospice center since I've been in Nashville. Um, The best way for me to talk about mercy is to do what I do a lot, which is tell stories. Mm. So I'm going to tell you a story about Jimmy and Rita I was doing rounds one evening on the oncology ward in one of the hospitals. Um, oncology, if you don't know, is cancer. People are there for cancer treatment. And making rounds means I'm just going to walk in and introduce myself. So I walked into the room, and Jimmy was in the bed, and he wears pajamas because he doesn't like hospital gowns, and that's cool. I like that. Um, and Rita was by his side. So I knocked, and I said, Mr. Smith, my name's Laura Lee. I'm the chaplain. And he said, well, are you here to pray with me? And I said, not necessarily. And he said, well, look, I'm not really a very religious person. I went to Sunday school when I was a little kid, but I haven't been since, and I don't really think I need a prayer. And I said, Jimmy, I have great news for you today. I am not the church attendance police. I am not here to see whether you go to church or not. And his face lightened. I said, Jimmy, I'm here because you're here. And you're here because something's wrong. And I thought maybe you'd like to talk about that. And Jimmy invited me to sit down. And we talked a little bit about cancer and his regimen. We talked a lot about horses and living on a farm about a couple hours away from here. He talked about his marriage and how he and his wife met. And I left and I didn't pray. I didn't pray in the room. I'm going to say that. I didn't pray in the room. I prayed. (laughs) Um, But before I left, Jimmy said, you know, I come every 12 days, and I'm here for five days, so maybe every time I come, you could come and talk to me. Mm -hmm. I think about that, and I think, you know, of all the things I could have chosen to say, I could have said, you don't go to church? A church would be really helpful for you right now, or maybe if you had a pastor that would be good support for you. And you know what, that's true, and that's good advice, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't open conversation. Mm -hmm. So I went back and saw Jimmy again, and we talked some more about horses, and we talked some more about living on a farm, and we talked about some regrets, and I saw him another time. I still didn't pray in the room. I saw him another time, and Jimmy talked about his cancer. He talked about how much he wanted to survive this and how much he wanted to beat this. He talked about some more regrets. He talked about some things that had gone well in his life. And I left. And I didn't pray in the room. And the last time I saw Jimmy, I went into the room and he was getting ready to go home that day. And this was all over a period of months. so. Um, He was getting ready to go home that day, and his wife was there, and they were waiting on their nephew to come and pick him up. And we had a conversation. He welcomed me in. I've really debated whether to tell you this or not, but I'm going to just trust in grace. Um, We talked about horses and farms and moonshine. And so he talked mostly about moonshine. I have no expertise about moonshine, but he was telling me about how it's made. That's anyway, um, and his nephew came in, and he said, Mark, this lady's the preacher. And we were just talking about moonshine, and we laughed about that. We talked about that. Um, we talked about sort of the plans in Jimmy's future and what that looked like, and honestly, it didn't look great. And Jimmy said, Preacher, I think we should pray. Hmm. And I prayed. I prayed God's peace, God's presence. I think mercy opens the door to relationship. I gave mercy because I walk in mercy every day. I pray that God will never let me forget how merciful and kind he has been in my own life. Mm-hmm. Mercy says, I see you, you're important to me. Yeah. I love you and I'm here.
0: Oh my goodness, Laura Lee. thank you. That story of Jimmy. That is the picture of mercy. And while we, on a Sunday morning at 1030, invite folks to come in here and encounter the presence of God, you are trusting that the presence of God is meeting you Monday through Friday in hospital beds. And so thank you.
3: I would also like to say, if y'all never need something to pray for, pray for me. I see a lot of people. And right now I'm working on a COVID ward. So I'm just going to put that in there. Oh, my
0: goodness. Wow. Let's be in prayer for Lee and say thanks so much for sharing. That's beautiful. Thank you, Lee. Next, I've invited um, Ben Butler and Wendy Wright to come and talk with us a little bit about walking humbly. And I'm just going to say that they are definitely the best folks I can imagine talking about this. Just in all honesty, they were not the first ones that I asked because we discovered it's really hard to ask people to come and talk about humility. Most folks are like, I don't feel comfortable talking. So thank you so much um, for being willing to come and to share and to be prayerful over these last few days and reflective. Uh, First of all, just a bit about yourself for folks in the congregation that have never gotten to meet Ben and Wendy. Tell us a little bit about yourself. It's already on. I made sure this time.
1: My name is uh, Ben Butler. Um, I am uh, a housing acquisition, renovation, and property manager for Project Return here in Nashville. Um, I joined this church in 2009. I was baptized by Pastor Gunter um, here in the grace of God. Um, I have uh, two children, uh, one grandchild, or two grandchildren, and a great-grandchild. Awesome. So, awesome.
4: yeah. And I just realized we're going to have to share that microphone. Yeah. I think yeah, that's all right. That's okay. yeah. yeah And I'm Wendy Wright. Um I joined Trevecca. I'm a member of Trevecca and joined about five years ago. Um, I'm a nurse, but I don't take care of people at the bedside anymore. I work in in more the suit kind of role and work in analytics now. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you for being here and willing to share a little bit with us. So I've asked you to just reflect on what it means to walk humbly. I feel like that's something that I see in both of you, but just whatever uh, God laid on your heart to share about walking
1: humbly. Um... Well, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, Psalms 4610. He says, be still and know that I'm God. Uh, I will be exalted in the nations, I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I'm God. Um, My walk with Christ began as I was going through some of the most difficult days of my life. Um, I was incarcerated when I heard the best thing ever. We're all precious children of God. Mm -hmm. I'm a precious child of God. Thank you, Pastor Tina and Pastor Bill. Mm -hmm. I knew that I would finally find a church and a family here at TCC and it'd be a safe place for me to be still and receive the grace that I wasn't so sure that I deserved. Mm -hmm. Um, That was 12 years ago. Um, As I sat in the pews and listened to the word, I I stared at the stained glass window depicting blood on the cross and marveled at the sacrifice. Jesus made for all of us for me and for that I'm eternally humble
4: be still and know that I'm God Mm. so I've been humbled we've all been humbled Mm. Um, I'm humbled by the love of this man Mm. Um, I'm humbled when I raised four teenagers that were all in high school all at the same time in my house we talked Ah talked a little bit about that this morning. That is humbling mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> um, I've been humbled when I've held the hand of somebody as, as they took their last breath and we were alone. Mm. Um, that is humbling to see somebody make that you know, cross over and, and, and go home. Um, but all of those humbling things don't make you walk with humility. Mm. And what helps me walk with humility was was Jesus. And when I was saved was when I got over myself and that's different than being next to somebody and feeling humbled by their presence or whatever um, and I, I've always been I, I love the Christian thought and, and the, the, you know, the passage it says love your God with your whole heart soul and mind but it also says love your love your neighbor like yourself mm-hmm. and that always rings true in me and I always think to myself that Maybe when I'm encountering that person, you know, maybe that person lost a loved one and wasn't able to hold their hand and be Mm -hmm. there. Or maybe that person is raising four teenagers at home, too, or or possibly six (laughs) teenagers at home. Or maybe they've been incarcerated and had a hard path. You know, maybe those things are happening to them, but I need to see that in them because we're we're more alike than we are different. And when i can see that we're more alike than different is when i can love them wholeheartedly mm. and and walk humbly with them no better and no worse
0: and wendy i feel like you've just beautifully illustrated ben's i discovered that i was a loved child of god right that, that that discovery is the beginning of a whole new chapter mm. and then trusting that can be true of your neighbor i love you for sharing that like love your neighbor as yourself also requires seeing yourself as a loved child of god and then imagining my neighbor is too and who knows what story they've walked in and what a beautiful witness to humility thanks to both of you it- am i allowed to share that you have a big event like life event coming up uh, ben and wendy are about to get married in just a couple of short weeks we're very excited uh, i put you on the spot i should have asked you before service if it was okay to say that but we're just so excited for you because we believe in you and we believe in what god is doing in your lives has done to transform you and the witness that you are bearing not just today when you talk in a microphone and tell your story but you are a witness sunday through sunday um all week long and we're just deeply grateful for you so thank you can we say thanks to ben and wendy for sharing So what does God require of you? Oh, not much. Just to act justly and to love mercy, like Jimmy, and to walk humbly with your neighbor, not much. That's all. This is a part of the covenant relationship that God has invited us into as God's own people. And so now as we come to our time of prayer, um, as we come to our time of prayer, I just want to invite you to be in prayer that God would empower you with the Holy Spirit to do what is required of you. You heard everyone who shared basically shared this is so good, and it 's so hard, right well. We don't just beat ourselves up. Oh, I'm not acting justly enough. Man, I'm a terrible person. I wish I could love mercy like Lee loves mercy. Oh, I just, I'm never going to get it. Oh, how come I can't be humble like Ben and Wendy? That is not what we want you to walk away with this morning. See, we believe that God wants to give you this gift who is the person of the Holy Spirit. We believe that God wants to fill you up with the Holy Spirit in such a way that then the outpour of your life, the response of your life is to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And so if you'd like even just in our prayer time today to pray to receive that gift of the Holy Spirit that empowers you for justice, mercy, and humility to be God's people in the world, Um, we just wanna invite you to do that. There's altars that are always open for you to come and to pray. If you're joining us online and just need to make an altar out of your couch this morning, we trust that God is meeting you where you're at. So Pastor Tim is going to come and pray. I just want to ask you also to be in prayer for our Imagine Gathering. We're going to be doing that Imagine Gathering much like this, inviting people around a table to tell stories to inspire us to live in the mission of God. But this morning I want to ask, what is God requiring of you? What's God requiring of you? Do you feel the sense that God is speaking to you, saying, my beloved child, <laughs> there's so much more that I want for you. And so if you just wanna come and find a place to pray today, we wanna to invite you to do that as Pastor Tim comes and prays.
2: Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join us on campus next week, we have discipleship classes at 9 a.m., followed by service at 10.30. That service will be streamed to Facebook Live. We hope to see you there.